Now, Nevada Real Estate Radio. You'll never go wrong when you get your advice from real estate professionals that you know, like, and trust. Here is your host, Peter Padilla. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Nevada Real Estate Radio. This is Peter Padilla. I'm glad to be with you today on a very nice, cool fall day here in beautiful northern Nevada. Getting ready for the holiday season is what we're doing at the Padilla household. Thanksgiving is just around the corner. Then Christmas and you know what happens next. We start it all over again. Cold weather coming up fast. We're going to be talking about what happens in the world of real estate when we get close to the holiday season and colder weather. Is there much action? Is there much activity? Well, I suspect in northern Nevada, there is always activity because we have such a high demand for homes and new businesses in northern Nevada. Today, I have two guests talking about real estate and real estate for investors. Joining us on the show, Dan Ryder. Dan is the broker and owner at Nevada Home Connections. He's been on with us on the program many times. And today, he's going to give us a look at not only the current market, but he's going to talk with us and our other guests about investing in real estate and how you can do that without having to put up with all the hassles that many times come from being a real estate investor. Joining us is Terry Fossey. Terry is a CPA and an MBA with Financial Educators Network. Great people to have on our radio show. Glad you're tuned in. We'll be back after this quick message. Age International Incorporated sparks and fuels the entrepreneurial spirit by providing the strategies, information, education, tools, resources, and ongoing support services which lay a solid foundation under the business owner's dream. Sign up for their free monthly newsletter at sageintl.com. That's sageintl.com. The best thing you can do for your business, Nevada Real Estate Radio. Here is your host, Peter Padilla. We're back on Nevada Real Estate Radio. Good day to tune in to our show today. It's still nice and warm outside today, but that cold, cold air is on the way. I recommend that you call the good folks at SunTech winter storm panels. I've got them on my house and I've been saving tons of money since I installed them just a few years ago. SunTech winter storm panels actually cut down on my heating bill all winter long. They can be installed in the winter time so you don't have to wait till the spring. They're great if you've got just single pane windows. You'll notice a big difference and no matter what kind of window you'll get great insulation from the cold air and cold drafts that sneak in 24-7 during these chilly chilly months. Want to learn more? Call SunTech Winter Storm Panels, 352-9396, or visit the website, solarscreensofreno.com, and tell them Peter sent you. With me in the studio, I have two great guests that I love talking about, talking to about real estate and real estate for investors. First of all, Dan Ryder. Dan is the broker and owner at Nevada Home Connections. Welcome back to our show, Dan. Hello, Peter. Great to be here. It's good to have you back. Last time I was... Uh, well, last time I saw you in action, I was looking on your website, and you're riding a bicycle. Doing any bicycle riding lately? Mostly in my basement at this point, but yes. <laughs> yeah, but big basement. A lot of, lot of motion. I'm just not getting anywhere. Yeah, no, I know it's a cooler time, and that we don't get to do as much bike riding. But you're, uh, you're quite the renaissance man, Dan. You've got so much stuff going on. I talk a lot about my world of beekeeping, and I, I'm very proud to let people know you're my beekeeping mentor. How you, how's your beehive action going? They're, they're in very good shape this year. Okay. Thank you. Uh, you uh, you manage a good uh, well. Should we dare we call them bee brothels? Yeah, I guess you could call them that. Yeah, that's There's one a, way to put it. Lot of action. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Lot of action. Well, they the they probably will be in the in the spring. <laughs> anyway, it's good that you can time that kind of activity. Yes. Yes. Uh, but it, you know, it's all about being a homeowner and own, owning real estate. Well, you can do so much when you have real estate. Heck, when you have your own home, that's when you can do things like that is become a truth. beekeeper or have a great garden or a greenhouse. Um, not everybody wants to own their own homes. I know a lot of young people prefer to live in condos and seniors prefer to live in condos. And um, it's not for everybody, but opportunities are always there when you own your own real estate. Even more so, Dan, I believe when you own investment real estate. True. You do some commercial deals, some investment deals for your clients? Not a lot of commercial. I've done a lot of multifamily and plan to do more as time uh -huh. goes on. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, you know, uh, Terry Fossey is with us. Let's welcome Terry to the show. Terry Fossey, I'm glad you're here today. This is your first time on Nevada Real Estate Radio. Thank you for having me. I'm glad you're here. You're like one of the smartest ladies I know. 
because you're a CPA, an MBA, and you're in that financial world. I tell many people when they come to our radio shows and our listeners too, most millionaires that I know, they made their money in real estate. It's very common. Very common, isn't it? Mm -hmm. And uh, so how did you make your millions of dollars? Did you make them in real estate also? Um, Made some of it in real estate. (laughs) Yeah? Yeah. (laughs) I married into my money. (laughs) That's even, that's always the best. (laughs) The old-fashioned way. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, not quite there, but you know, uh, it feels like a billion dollars when you really, really love somebody. But real estate is, well, it's a big part of our lives. It's, I think it's a big part of everybody's lives. But as we, as we mature in, in our worlds, Terry, I think we realize that real estate is not as easy as it looks. And I think uh, the amount of work that goes into managing a piece of property, whether it be a uh, uh, residential piece of property or a commercial uh, piece of property mm-hmm. boils down to its work. Right. And right. it's a lot of work. A lot of people have bought investment property here in Northern Nevada in Reno. Uh, and some of them have managed their own properties. I know a gent who manages his own. He's got 10, 10 rental properties. And then I also know plenty of people that have just chosen not to do that. Uh, they have management companies that do that. Or if they own a commercial property, they hire within the property somehow to Take care of the take care of that property, uh, but it just seems like the on the residential side as well as investment property, Terry, the prices are getting so high. Uh, there's some hesitancy, hesitancy from some of the people I talked to about actually buying in Reno at these high high levels when they can invest in other parts of the country. Well, I think that's very true. There, there's no doubt that we have seen a tremendous uptick in uh, prices in the. Uh, in the northern Nevada uh, area. And uh, if you're young, it might be a good time to sell one piece of property and buy another, mm-hmm. take on more debt. Because the nice thing about real estate is it uh, compounds based on the market value, not on the equity, uh, which is unlike any other investment. But as people get older, they may not want to deal with all of the things that go along with managing a piece of real estate. Mm-hmm. Had a good run up in, in uh, prices. Uh, there's always speculation about uh, how much longer that run up will last and how close are we to the top. And for some people, it may make sense to take some, some money off the table uh, from the northern uh, uh, Nevada area. Mm-hmm. And invest it in other ways. Mm-hmm. I off and on I invest in the stock market, and when I find a stock I like, and I find a category, an industry that I like, I pretty well just get in there and buy. My challenge though is when it's time to sell. I never know when to sell, and I've been caught many times, Terry and Dan, having to sell when it's coming back down again. And do um, you have any thoughts about how? I mean, how can you be that focus that you know you're going to sell at a certain yeah, time? May I speak to that? Yeah, please. You know, the, uh, we were discussing this earlier. I, I don't, I really in my heart of hearts don't think we're at the top of our market. But what I do see a lot of are, you know, investors who uh, maybe in, you know, 2007, 8, 9, were picking up houses for 150 to 200,000. Mm-hmm. Those same houses are now 350 to 450,000. The rents have gone up, but not not so much proportionally to say, well, if you had 450,000 to spend, would you go out and buy one single family house? A lot of people, when they look at it that way, say, well, you know, well maybe not. And that's why I think a program uh, like Terry's release comes into play because it allows them to liquidate out of that active investment, whether it's peaked out or not, we're not sure, into something that's uh, equally lucrative, maybe more, and, and certainly more passive, to where they don't have to be so involved day to day. Does that make sense? It does. I, in the old days, and maybe still today to a large degree, people want to invest in real estate close to home so they can keep an eye on it. They can visit it when they need to. You see, make sure they're taking care of things, aren't parking any cars on the lawn or any of that bad stuff or in commercial businesses same way but i'm finding more and more people are comfortable investing beyond their hometown their state in fact and uh terry that probably uh, offers a lot of opportunities for people that maybe think that a market has peaked 
Well, it, it does. And even if the market hasn't peaked, t typically what you, what you begin to see is that the market may continue to increase, but at a decreasing rate. So it's still going up, but it's going up slower. Mm -hmm. And that is signaling that you're getting close to the top. Mm -hmm. But I would agree with Dan. I don't, I don't necessarily say that we've reached the top. And I don't know that anyone can predict exactly when that is. But what, what we can say for sure is that there has been a significant run-up. A lot of people have a significant profit in real estate. And it may make, may make sense to take some of that, maybe not all of it, but mm -hmm. some of that, and reinvest it in other markets where you can buy low and then ultimately sell high. Mm -hmm. But when you... When you've had a huge run-up in real estate prices, if you sell high, you're going to buy high. Right. It's hard to find that bargain. Right, unless you do look outside of your area. Unless you look outside your area. So, uh, and it makes sense to diversify geographically. I'm talking with Terry Fossey. Terry is CPA and MBA at Financial Educators Network. And joining us in the studio, Dan Ryder. Dan is the owner and broker of Nevada home connections right here in northern Nevada. Uh, the real estate activity doesn't seem to slow down anymore in northern Nevada. Yeah, I was looking at the report you dropped with me today and you know ironically our, our median price went up uh, 17 percent year over year. Wow. <laughs> so here we are talking about the market falling. Wow. Well I will tell you one thing the, the median price is uh, can be a little bit deceptive. Anyone mm -hmm. who's paying attention realizes that this past year uh, was a record year for luxury properties in our market. Mm -hmm. So I think what at least a, a small part of what's happening is we're seeing more uh, luxury, let's say, you know, eight, nine million plus homes mm -hmm. sell, which has a pretty dramatic effect on that median price. Oh, yeah, it's going to bring them all up. Right? I, I know last year, almost exactly a year ago, I was looking at homes between a million and a million and a half dollars, and there were two years worth of inventory on the market. Mm -hmm. This year, at the same time, there were six months. Mm. So, well, maybe the people with big, big money. Have it's uh, it's the Californians. Yeah, they're yep. still coming. I'm talking with Dan Ryder and with Terry Fossey about real estate and real estate for investors here in Northern Nevada. We'll have more updates and information after this message. Hello, I'm Brian Cushing, Senior Loan Officer at Guild Mortgage. Join me and the rest of the Nevada Real Estate Radio team right here on 1180 AM Radio. I love talking about my specialty, the mortgage world, and how we help families in Northern Nevada accomplish their dreams of home ownership. Make sure you totally understand before you sign on the dotted line. Tune in to Nevada Real Estate Radio, Thursday, 3 p.m. on 1180 AM Radio. Nevada Real Estate Radio. Guild Mortgage Company is an equal housing lender. Company NMLS number 3274. NV Banker number 1076. NV Broker number 1141. Brian Cushing NMLS number 303045. Telephone number 775-453-0345. Located in 6990 South McCarran Boulevard, Suite 200. Reno, Nevada 89509. All loans subject to underwriter approval. Terms and conditions may apply. Subject to change without notice. February 2020 is going to be a big month for us here at Nevada Real Estate Radio, just like it's going to be a big month for the folks at the Nevada State Beekeepers Conference. Yes, it's coming up Feb 21 and 22 in one of my favorite small towns of northern Nevada, Yarrington, Nevada. What a cool town to visit. And the Beekeepers Conference, it makes it all the better. You'll learn how to become a beekeeper, how to become a better beekeeper, how to use products from the beehive to make your life better more naturally, more satisfying, and you'll make a lot of great friends and connections. It all happens at the Nevada State Beekeepers Conference, Feb 21 and 22, 2020 in Yarrington, Nevada. You can get all the information and register at nevadastatebeekeepers.org. Tell them Peter sent you. Today in the studio, Terry Fossey is talking with us as well as Dan Ryder, and we're talking about real estate and real estate for investors. Terry, you have been in the world of investment for many, many years. Let our listeners know a little bit about your background. Well, without uh, being specific about exactly how old I am, <laughs> I've been in the, the investment world for 25 years. Mm -hmm. uh, but 
part of that is concurrent with being a CPA for 35 years. Uh-huh. So you've, been, you've had your fingers on the numbers for quite a while. Yes. And when it, really, when it comes down to it, if you're not making a profit, if you're not reaping benefits from your investments, I mean, why hold them? I would imagine people make, they still can make mistakes on real estate. Not all real estate turns out to be profitable, does it? Well, no investment is, is always profitable, and every investment uh, category has its own cycle. But I think one of the things that Dan alluded to uh, a little earlier is one of the things that when I'm asked to analyze something is what you see is that the value of property has gone up, but the rents have not gone up as fast as the value of the property. And so the rate of return on the equity uh, that's in the property may be below average. So what are some of the options that people have when they, they see that they their property is increasing in value, but they're getting less return on it? Is it to sell it and buy something new in the same area, Terry, or buy, find another area? What are some of the what are some of the routes that people should be considering? Well, there's there's two branches of real estate, and, and we have to always keep in mind uh, not to confuse those. There are different options if it's a commercial piece of property, and commercial includes residential property that's being rented. So uh, maybe a, a better term for that would be income-producing property. Mm-hmm. So there are certain vehicles to deal with those kinds of properties, and then there's other kinds of vehicles to deal, say, with a personal residence or a second home. So let's start with the income-producing property. People are concerned if they sell they're going to pay capital gains tax. They could that could trigger the, the Medicare tax. They could have a recapture uh, tax. And if the property is located outside of Nevada, even if they are Nevada residents, they could be subject to state income taxes of of the state wherever the property is located. Mm-hmm. So as a result of this bombardment of taxes, a lot of people don't do anything. And that can be expensive because you could hit the peak of the market and prices come down. Something can happen with your health or with your family uh, situation and you need to sell. And now you're forced to sell maybe quicker than what you would really like and you don't get the very best price. Mm -hmm. So in those kinds of situations, uh, we might want to look at different kinds of of real estate transactions. The most common would be a 1031 exchange, where you exchange one piece of real estate for another. There's a lot of rules that surround that, and there's different ways to do it. One way to do it is you exchange one piece of property for another, and you maintain the ownership. You own the debt. You have all of the uh, responsibilities of uh, managing the property, which I like to call the tennis toilets and trash. Three T's. The, the three T's. Or you could uh, move the property into a trust that is qualified to be treated as a 1031 exchange, and you don't have the, the, the debt issue. The, the, the debt doesn't belong to you. It belongs to the trust. That's very attractive to people. And you don't have the incidence of ownership. You collect a check. So you get a portion of the rents, and you still get the value of the depreciation on your share of the investment. And I like to um, refer to that as you've converted now from the tenants' toilets and trash to cruises, clubs, and cocktails. The three Cs. Yes. The three Cs. Hey, Terry, um, so this sounds pretty good, by the way. So, um, so I, I own this nice little house in Sparks, and, and, I, and I sell it, and then I, I basically hand the funds off to you because I can't touch it as the seller. What type of investment would you be uh, putting those funds into? Give me an example of what that would look like. Well, let me correct your language just here a little right. bit, okay, um, because it's anytime you're dealing with um, any part of the tax code that's going to allow you a tax benefit, mm-hmm. the timing and the order of the things that you have to do has to be precise. So you would never sell a piece of property and then try to invest it as a 1031 because the government would say you have re- 
you have constructive receipt of the money, and so that deal is done. So what you would do is you would put a qualified intermediary in between the buyer and the seller. The funds go to qualified intermediary. Now you don't have constructive receipt. And now you could invest in a whole host of properties that are professionally managed. And that's my question Professional to you, because okay. that's what you're doing. Yes, that's what I'm doing. So it could be multifamily, it could be storage, it could be office, it could be a combination of those kinds of things. The properties are generally located in several different places, different parts of the country, so you diversify the geographic risk. Uh, so there's, you know, any kind of income producing property would be acceptable for right. uh, for this for kind of exchange. transaction. Excellent. And do you, how, as, if, as a consumer, how much choice do I get? Do I just hand, does the money just go to you and you decide what investments it goes to or how hands-on is that next step? Well, I always have uh, a variety of inventory available. Uh, but if someone came and talked to me today, I wouldn't have the same properties available today that mm -hmm. I'll have, say, 90 days gotcha. from now but I would have the same caliber of properties. So if, if they came to me, I would talk about what their goals are, what kind of cash flow that they need, and then try to match up their goals with a property that I think would best uh, meet their goals and objectives. That sounds really good. Well, it does sound good, especially <laughs> as we're getting older, older investors, we don't really want to do the three T's, the toilets, the trash, the whatever the other T is. We don't want to do those things. Uh, because we have better things to do in our life. We want to enjoy life more, maybe do some traveling, uh, just vacation, golf. You can't do that when you're busy taking care of you know, 10 I, I or more properties. I read the other day in the uh, National Association of Realtors survey of buyers and sellers mm -hmm. for 2019, but only 7%, actually it was 6% of the buyers and sellers were over 70 years of age. And it struck me listening to Terry talk you know, about that complexity and the fear of taxation. Mm -hmm. For some folks, it may just appear more, appear more attractive just to sit on it and let the kids deal with it or what have you. But this really is a good alternative to that. Well, it, and it's a good alternative not only from the tax perspective, but if, if the people are mainly, you know, in their 70s and older, you know, they're thinking about, well, what happens if I get sick? What happens if I die? I, mm -hmm. Now I'm leaving this piece of property that needs to be managed to my spouse or to my kids, they might not be in a good position to, uh, to deal with that. Mm -hmm. Splitting it up can be an issue mm -hmm. uh, in terms of dealing with the heirs, but in a, in a different format, in the kinds of things that I handle, somebody dies, it's really very easy to that asset. To, to deal with that asset. No for sale sign. The no yard. for sale sign. You just split the number of shares. So and it's you don't very have to clean. worry about, uh, and after somebody passes away, there's the probate issues, right? <laughs> you're exactly. And, and, Unless you're uh, in a trust. But. And if you're in a trust, uh, you have already set the stage for how you want your assets to be handled and disposed of. I want to let our listeners know that the reason I'm very passionate about this particular subject is because I have many older siblings uh, I have four siblings in their 80s, and some of my older siblings have yet to get their affairs in order. And I have seen plenty of people who uh, think that they've got everything handled well before they pass away, that they're just going to leave it to their son or their daughter, or they've already got it in a will or whatever. Peter will take care of it. And then, then the fireworks start. I mean, everybody's mad at everybody. Everybody's taking everybody to court. And in the long run, the attorneys ended up with a big chunk of the assets that could have been Oh, yeah, the taken house is empty for six months. And, yeah, and no, it's and not a, good for anybody. And at the end, nobody's happy. So I think the best thing you can do to your family, for your family, is to plan ahead so that when you've got your, uh, you've got your next life ahead of you, you're in heaven and your assets are here. They're already taken care of without hassling your family. Yeah. No, that's uh, you really want to take care of your family. Planning for the future is the best way. Terry Fossey is our guest. She's with Financial Educators Network. Terry, I'm on the website right now. It says here, making all the pieces fit. That really is kind of like your work, isn't it? It's putting that complexity of that puzzle together and making it work. That's exactly my job. Uh, everybody's situation is different. Everybody is, 
has different issues uh, inside their family, and they want, but most people have an idea of what they want to accomplish. My job is to take all of that information and help them get from, this is where I am, this is where I want to be, what's the efficient way to accomplish that? It's very cool that you're so accessible to talk with people about their financial situations. On your website, I see you take care of modern retirement planning, estate planning. It says savvy social security planning. Anytime I see the word savvy, I figure you must really know what you're doing. And thank God there's somebody that knows what they're doing. I find that the social security world is somewhat complex. And as I'm getting close to that age of social security, um, it's still puzzling. I want to talk to you about the work that you do to help people with their Social Security planning, the rest of the items on your website. But we have to take a quick break, so hang on, and we'll be back after this quick message. You're listening to Pet Talk Radio. Bear, Country Dog, Line 2. Hey, Bear. Dirt, too. It's all over the carpet. What do I do? The best carpet cleaning company in town. Residential, commercial, tile, grout, carpet, upholstery cleaning. Call 829-1551. I'm calling CJ's now. This is Bear with CJ's recommended carpet care. You're listening to Pet Talk Radio. Peanut the Piddler, line one. Oh, I get so excited every time that darn doorbell rings. I piddle on the carpet. CJ's recommended carpet care. He does a great job. He's on time. He's quick. And he stands behind his work. Call 829-1551. I love Pet Talk Radio. This is Bear with CJ's recommended carpet care. We're celebrating our 14th year on the air. Weekly broadcasts of Nevada Real Estate Radio. Glad that we've helped many people make great decisions when it comes time to buy or sell Real estate, well, probably about half of our listeners are probably first-time home buyers. The other half of our listeners are second-time home buyers, maybe investors buying a second home, buying their first business. We work with a lot of entrepreneurs that come our way. In any case, in most cases, people have that first home. That's their, their launch into the world of real estate, the primary residence. Now the values have gone up dramatically over the course of the last several years. There's probably some cash inequity sitting there that would allow many homeowners to do more, to invest for more, to do fix up on the house, to buy me buy a business, maybe buy more real estate. One of the best ways to find out where you are is to talk to a great mortgage lender. I recommend Brian Cushing. Brian is part of the Cushing team at Guild Mortgage here in Reno, Nevada. Brian's NMLS license number is 303045. It's amazing all the training and education that mortgage lenders have to take in order to be great mortgage lenders. That's what they do at the Cushing team. They help people make those advances in their business world by utilizing their assets, their equity in the best way possible. If it's just to buy a first time home, Brian can help you out there. If you want to take that next leap into investment properties, maybe multifamily, he's your man too. Give him a call, 775-453-0345. All of Brian Cushing's contact information is on our website, nevadarealestateradio.com. We'll make it easy for people to find him. With us in the studio today, I have Terry Fossey, and Terry is with Financial Educators Network. She's a CPA, an MBA, and a very good friend of ours. Terry, I hope you're enjoying being on the show with us today. I really am. I like your website. I like the things that you talk about there. In fact, it looks kind of fun. And I see all these RVs and people on the beach. Uh, You were talking about the three T's and the three C's. I would bet that website is based on the three C's, not the three T's. (laughs) I don't think anyone wants to base their uh, retirement years on the three T's. (laughs) Work to the very end. You know, that seems kind of cruel. I know some people do that. But I would imagine it's because they probably didn't make a good plan or or didn't stay with their plan or didn't review their plan. Uh, Terry, when you have clients that you work with uh, for years, how often? I mean, you stay in close contact with clients. Is it weekly, monthly, quarterly? I mean, how often do you keep, keep up with the new developments in somebody's real estate business? I I try to meet with people at least twice a year. 
But there will be times in their life when there's a lot going on. They, they might have uh, some serious situations going on. And then it requires, you know, more meetings, more time at that particular point in time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but under normal circumstances, what, what people want is to know that they have a plan, know that the plan has been executed, understand if this happens, this is the pool of money that I would draw from for this situation. This is the pool of money that I draw from from this situation. And then they want to review it on a regular basis. But they're out having a good time. They don't They don't want to have to deal with this on a weekly or monthly basis. Mm-hmm. That's my job. Very and nice. if I see something going on uh, that uh, makes me uncomfortable or I think is inconsistent now with what I know about them, then it's my job to reach out to them and and say we need to talk. Yeah, uh, a lot of the people that I know, they're about my age and they're approaching Social Security era, right? Getting close to 65 years old. If they're real estate investors, if they have businesses, they may or may not be thinking about uh, you know uh, signing up for Social Security right away, maybe waiting a little bit longer. I know there's lots of variables and factors that can help people make those decisions, but I would imagine people come to you to talk about the same thing, Terry, and, and where does it go? I mean, uh, I'm sure that uh, there are some standards for people that are getting close to 65, but how many variables are there? Is it really that different from person to person? It is different from person to person because it is a function of how what's their overall budget and what percentage of their budget is going to come from Social Security. Uh, and, and what what kind of, uh, of of health is in their family, and what kind of health is uh, you know th- their parents, their siblings? So, you know, if if no one in your life, uh, no one in your family has lived to be past 67, you probably don't want to wait until 70 to turn on your Social Security. Yeah. But if everybody in your family has uh, lived to be 95 maybe postponing Social Security until age 70 makes all the sense in the world. Yeah. So there's a, we, we, we measure the, the pile of money that Social Security will produce at this age, at this age, at this age, and compare it to their, their, their health, their hereditary, and, and the kinds of things they wanna do with their life, mm-hmm. and when is it gonna be most useful to bring that money to bear? Yeah, I've seen some reports that say that you should figure out how much money you're going to need after you retire. And I've also seen on those same reports that in many cases, people need maybe 70% of what they used to earn before they retired or 60% of what they used to earn. I'm struggling because I look at that and I think I want to need more money after I retire because with all this time off, I want to do all these things. I want to go places that I never went places before. And then that gets me to thinking, Maybe I better not retire. I've got to keep working so I can do these things I want to do. What a, well, what a well, conundrum. Well, I, w- I would tend to agree with you that for most people, if you say to them, you can retire today, but you're going to take a 20% pay cut, mm. that's not a real attractive scenario. Mm-hmm. And I would also agree with you that you know when, when you're working, your major expenses during the week are your transportation to and from work and maybe buying lunch out. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that, that's very quantifiable. Uh, but if you have more leisure time, you're probably not sitting in front of the, the TV. There's things that you want to do. There's places mm-hmm. you want to go. You, you want to be out with your friends. Mm-hmm. There, you want to travel. You, you've got grandkids to, uh, to, to go see. And I would argue that that takes as much money as, as is coming into your family today or more. Yeah. And so, in my opinion, the goal should always be to try to set up a retirement plan that will uh, generate the same standard of living. And it's easier to talk to people about standard of living than it is about absolute dollars and cents. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. People understand their standard of living. Yes, yes, you're right. Um, in many ways, when I think about people retiring, I think about myself retiring, it's like I have to be an entrepreneur once I'm on retirement because the money's got to keep coming in. I've got to find some way to keep that cash flow coming in so that I can maintain my standard of living. Um, 
And it, you just have to be, you've got to be at it the whole time, whether it's with your investments or working a job or some kind of a combination in there. If you want to have this great life that we all dream of and have a high standard of living in retirement, the money can't stop. It's got to keep coming in. I would agree with you. And Dan Ryder, when, when we talk about investment property, that's really what we're looking at is that passive cash flow, mm -hmm. right? When, when we do buy a, a rental property. Um, and, uh, and there's an element of security there. But uh, it's harder and harder in northern Nevada to find that property, to find that security. Uh, so, Terry, you were talking about investing outside of the area as well. Is there a fear factor for many people when they have to think about that as one of their options, is no longer investing right in their hometown? Not as long as they don't have to manage it. So if, if somebody, if you have a professional real estate company that is going to choose the property and manage the property, let's say in uh, South Carolina, long way from Nevada, if you were doing that on your own, that would be a scary proposition because how are you going to keep track of it? Mm -hmm. The travel back and forth would be enormous. But if you have a really good professional, nationally known real estate company that chose the investment, showed you what the demographics were, made the case for why this is going to be profitable, gave you an idea of, of how long they're expecting to hold the property, what's the expected rate of return, what kind of rent escalators are in the leases. That puts a lot of people at ease. Yeah, it would put me at ease too because you're talking about things that many people don't know about or, or study very often. And you do this kind of work day in and day out. It's always good to have an expert on your side. I, I would imagine there's great confidence that people have that have worked with you for years. I know you've had people that have been with you a long time. And that's really what you get is when you have professional services like from a management company, like Financial Educators Network, there's an element of comfort there because you know you've got somebody that, that you can trust that knows what they're doing. The, uh, the conversation that I heard you having with an, uh, one of my associates, Sherry Hill, on her radio show had to do with intermediary installment trusts. Intermediated. Intermediated <laughs> installment. Well, there you go. I need some <laughs> guidance on that. I was listening in while you were chatting, and I know our Nevada Real Estate Radio listeners would like to hear about that too, but we have to take a break. Can you tell us a little bit about that when we come back? Be happy to. All right. We'll be back with Terry Fossey and Dan Ryder after this quick message. You're listening to Pet Talk Radio. Bear, party animal, line one. My owner's mad because he spilled guacamole. He's going to be madder when he finds out it was me. CJ's recommended carpet care. He does a great job. He's on time. He's quick, and he stands behind his work. Call 829-1551. I do wawa. This is Bear with CJ's recommended carpet care. The best thing you can do for your business, Nevada Real Estate Radio. Here is your host, Peter Padilla. I'm always looking to stay in shape, maybe feel better from eating the right foods, doing the right things that make me, you know, stronger, faster, higher, Sidious, Sidious, Eltius, Fortius. That's what they said on the Olympics, taller. Thank you, Dan. <laughs> yes, it might even help me grow taller. So I'm always looking for that information, right, that'll help me feel better. I love getting that from Healthy Beginnings magazine. This great magazine distributed all over northern Nevada. And you really learn about some great paths to better health, some great thoughts on better health, and on some great foods on better health. One of the things I discovered in Healthy Beginnings magazine was the benefits of watercress. Watercress, that simple little vegetable that you get sometimes in Asian food. It's just incredible how loaded it is with vitamins, minerals. It's all natural and crunchy. Crunchy. It's just got uh, it's got it all together, and so watercress is a new regular at my house, along with red beets. And I never loved red beets at all, but once I found out how healthy they are for my body, how good they are for me, I've been eating more and more red beets, and now they actually start to taste good. Feeling better because of reading Healthy Beginnings 
magazine. I'm encouraging you to do the same. You can pick up a copy at many of the local retail outlets in northern Nevada, and there's a digital version. Check it out on the website, hbmag.com. Tell them Peter sent you. Dan Ryder is with me in the studio, and Dan is a realtor. He's the broker and owner at Nevada Home Connections. He's also a beekeeper and a cycler. And Dan, you're one of the busiest men I know. How do you do it? How do you stay on top uh, of your game? That's an interesting question. Especially as we get older, you know, time is so precious. I think I've had to get really disciplined about my schedule. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The ski season's coming up. You got to think about that too. Got to think about that, and it's coming. I have been. Uh, motivated by my dear uh, friend and fiance Sherry Hill to do one thing and that is to live in the present to not think so much about heartaches or failures of the past challenges in the past and just think more about all the good things we're doing today a little bit in the future because we got a plan for that by by living in the present and making this very moment the best uh, it's just really added a whole lot to my life that's what I'm doing right now interviewing Dan Ryder and Terry Fossey from Fossey Financial Educators Network. You have offices not only here in Reno, but elsewhere, Terry. Yes, we do. Uh, Cheyenne, Cheyenne, Wyoming, and Fort Collins, Colorado. Very nice. I love those two cities. And you are helping people with their futures, right? You're really working on making sure people are going to be comfortable down the road with their real estate holdings. I think, like I mentioned earlier, one of the challenges many of us have is when do we sell? And, and once we sell... What do we do with it? I talked a little bit about hearing, overhearing your conversation with Sherry Hill about the Intermediated Installment Trust. Would you share a little bit with our listeners about that? Yes. The Intermediated Installment Sales Trust is a vehicle that we use for highly appreciated assets, generally real estate mm -hmm. or um, a business. And in this a particular case when when I say real estate it can be income producing or it could be your personal residence so uh, Dan was talking about the increase in value in uh, high-end homes uh, here in northern Nevada so if somebody let's say paid a million dollars for their home and now maybe it's worth three million or four million dollars uh, if they're a married couple and they went to sell it they they would, it, let's say it's $3 million, just to make the math easy. Uh, they paid a million for it, so that's a $2 million gain. The government gives you a $500,000 exclusion, so that leaves a million and a half uh, dollar gain that would be taxed at 20%. So oh, that's wow. a nice size uh, piece of change. So an intermediated installment sales trust is a vehicle where that residence could be put into the trust and simultaneously sold to the buyer. The proceeds come into the trust and then an income stream from everything over that uh, 1.5 million, the cost of the property plus that $500,000 exclusion, can, can sit in the trust and pay out an income to the, uh, to, to the sellers if they don't w want to reinvest all of that into another home. Mm -hmm. If they wanted to reinvest uh, some of it into another home, they certainly could. They would just pay the tax on the portion of the cash that they took out. So it allows people to defer that tax. And on any dollar that's deferred, those dollars are sitting inside the trust generating an income stream. Mm -hmm. Make sure listeners got that. So you, you had a house, and let's see, you paid a million for it. Now it's worth two million. Uh, you get five hundred thousand. That's uh, granted to all of us. As if you're married, uh, so that's really protecting about a million and a half. Your acquisition costs plus the one-time exemption. Is that correct? That's correct. But you still have, in that case, half a million dollars that's going to be taxed at a rate of twenty percent. That, that's absolutely right. So this right. makes a ton of sense for downsizers. Yeah. People that are in the giant home now, they know they're going to get taxed on the equity because. I guess it's conceivable you could, you could buy a smaller home, kind of tax-free, and then invest the boot in an instrument like you're talking about right Exactly. Now. Yeah. Exactly, and defer the, the, the tax for over 20 years. Mm -hmm. And if you die uh, 
it's it's going to go to your spouse or your or 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 your heirs so Mm -hmm. and and what you have to remember in that kind of a situation and and here's the magic is any dollar that you don't pay out to the government is a dollar that you can generate a rate of return on and so that can really enhance your overall retirement income and enhance the overall uh, estate. It sounds like it's something that would be great for my heirs if I did this, right? So by by going into this type of a trust and managing my assets and managing my taxes, when I pass away, I've left pretty much everything in order, right? Much more so than if I just will it to somebody or or sign on a napkin that Joe's going to get this piece of property. You're really doing a great service to your heirs. Does that mean you're taking my napkin back? I I only recognize napkins on official napkins. (laughs) Notarized napkins. Notarized Notarized napkins, that's right. Well, you're you're absolutely right because the the trust would have a list of beneficiaries. Mm -hmm. And so when the owner of the trust passes, then... The, the, the money flows down to the beneficiaries that's already outlined in the trust. Yeah. So it's very simple, very very clean. I think most people, uh, as we get older, and I'm already starting to feel like you're trying to figure out what are you going to do, who's going to get what, how are you going to do it, and sometimes it's kind of hard to decide. And I've seen in other, other families, Carrie and Dan, fights break out because somebody spilled the beans before Dad passed away as to what's going to happen. Confidentiality, talk about that. When it comes, when you're working on somebody and doing an intermediated trust, what kind of privacy is there amongst all the parties? Well, quite frankly, the the parties, you know, in terms of the beneficiaries, don't really need to know anything uh, at that point in time. It's mm-hmm. uh, it would be strictly up to the the, the grantor of the trust. So whether that's a single person or a a couple, they would know how it's set up and who the beneficiaries are. Uh I would recommend that, if at all possible, a successor trustee be appointed, and that can be either uh, someone in the family Mm -hmm. or you might take it to a trust company. And a lot of times, uh, we use the Dunham Trust Company. Uh, They're located here in Reno, so they're a corporate trustee. And that that trustee and where that trustee is located is extremely important. And the reason it's important is, especially here in Nevada, where, it, uh, where Nevada enjoys some of the very best creditor protection laws in the country, uh, and the, the creditor protection laws attach to where the assets are located. And since the Dunham Trust Company is located here, then all of those benefits of Nevada state law then apply to those assets. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a uh, an element of security for the clients that you have to know that things are taken care of. Uh, when it comes to a, a trustee, and you can you say it can be either a family member or it can be a company or an in, in general, is there a better route to go? Are are people better off with a family person or somebody that's not in not so interested in the uh, in the situation? I recommend that people make a choice based on who they're comfortable with. If, if they have a, a, a child or a family member that they feel like is capable of handling these kinds of things and is willing to put the time and effort into it, and it's not going to cause other problems in the family, I don't have a problem with that. But many families don't feel like they have that. Mm-hmm. And a corporate trustee can be excellent uh, for that because the corporate trustee is going to follow whatever the guidelines and the rules uh, in the trust are. So they're going to do exactly what the grantor of the trust has said that they want done and they're impartial Mm -hmm. and they can't be swayed. They can't get their feelings hurt either. Absolutely. That's the biggest problem that, in my family are those hurt feelings. There's so many of them. Hey, I wanted to bring up, too, you know, these trusts require maintenance uh, because things change. I'm dealing with one right now where the, my client, longtime trusted and loved client, his folks, uh, his dad has passed away. His mom's in very poor health in Salt Lake, and they have a really cute little house here in town. Well, they didn't quite manage the paperwork properly, and now they're at a spot where uh, mom, who is in very poor health and full-time care, 
now has to sign every line of the contract and just because you know the way the trust was written and I think the family was under the impression that it would be a lot different than that and uh, I think it pays to go in and reevaluate that certainly as circumstances change you know within the family you're absolutely right and that's that's the value of sitting down with people on a regular basis and knowing them well enough to know how, how things are organized and to have the discussion up front. Well, have you thought about what happens if you become incapacitated? Have mm -hmm. you thought about what happens if the spouse who isn't managing the financial affairs of the family is now thrown into that role? What, what happens? Are they capable of doing it? Does it overwhelm them? Mm -hmm. All of, all of those things are part of the decision-making uh, process. And many families, when they, when they really look at that, and since you can't foresee the future, say, you know, it would be better, we would be better off to write down what it is we want to happen and then have a corporate trustee step in that, that can provide us some asset protection and will follow our instructions. And it's neutral, one child, is not going to be angry at the other child because mom and dad thought they were better suited to run things. Yeah, I see that all the mm -hmm. time. Terry Fossey, great guidance for us and for our listeners. If anybody has more questions, what is the best way to reach you? You can reach me at 775-432-1110. All right, and we're going to put all that information along with your website address on our app, our website, NevadaRealEstateRadio.com. We'll make it easy for people to find you. I always run out of time before I run out of questions. You're a great guest. I have great confidence in the kind of guidance that you offer to your clients and to our listeners. I hope you'll come back to visit with us again sometime soon. I'd be delighted to. That would be great. And Dan Ryder, thanks for being with us today. Well, it's great to be here. And when Terry comes back, I'd like to come back too. Well, I would love to have Because I learned back. a lot. Yeah. Well, you guys make a great team and uh, you do great work in the real estate world. And I know you've helped a lot Thank of you. people. And you're passionate about your work, Dan. That's why I am very glad to recommend your services. In case anybody is looking to do a real estate transaction, they need a top producer, a top realtor, what is the best way to reach you? 775-742-3376. All right, Dan, and all of your information is on our website, too. Thanks thank for being you. with us. We'll see You're you soon. I'd like to thank our listeners for tuning in as well. We're on the air again next week. Same time, same station. Tell your friends to tune in, too, and we'll talk with you again then. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Bye. You've been listening to Nevada Real Estate Radio with Peter Padilla. We value your listenership and appreciate your feedback. Want to talk with Peter? Send an email to peter at nevadarealestateradio.com.